Hello, welcome to the Girl I Slept in My Makeup podcast by three sisters who live in three different states who are excited to talk to each other and also to learn and grow alongside of each of you. Uh, My name is Megan. I'm Kristen. And I'm Lauren. What is up? Hey. Hey. Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining us another week. And we hope everyone had a fabulous Valentine's Day weekend, Galentine's Day. But anyway, today we are going to talk about such a popular topic. And there's so much out there about it. But we are going to share kind of our favorite things around the subject. And that is fear. We are going to talk about the amygdala. What's that you say? Well, we will tell you. (laughs) Um, And we are just hopeful that by the end of this conversation, hopefully we will share a thought or a tool that we've learned along our way that maybe you can apply in your own life and um, for us to all just face fear, really. So um, Kristen is going to share... uh, te- kind of summarize this TED talk that she shared with us, and it was really, really great. And um, I think that it kind of sums things up for us. Yeah, I think you know, with each episode we try to, as long as our own experiences, gain some as much um, knowledge and do as much research as we can. And um, I discovered this amazing TED talk, actually talked by Trevor Reagan, and I just want to share some points from his talk because I think it's really important to know the science behind fear. And it opened a lot of things for me when it comes to fear. So I'm hoping it can do the same um, for everyone else. So one thing I really loved is that it actually tells you where fear comes from. And that's actually the amygdala, which is located in our brainstem. um, And it is actually there for our survival. It's there to keep us alive. And I love that he actually calls it or refers to it as the lizard brain. Um, Although we uh, three sisters decided that we don't like that term. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. For some reason I was not a fan. I was like, I don't like imagining a lizard in my head. Can we call it something else? (laughs) Yeah. So we decided it's Abigail. Abigail is... (laughs) The new amygdala. So she is our crazy friend that is trying to talk us out of some challenges, but I'm going to get more into that. So basically the amygdala, like I said, is there to keep us alive, to keep us, you know, to survive. Um, And it does that by generating fear um, to keep us from danger. The problem is that Abigail or, you know, the amygdala, there's actually a huge glitch in the system because the amygdala doesn't know the difference between the good challenges and the dangerous ones in life. So it just wants to avoid them all together, which, you know, can really make us miss out on huge growth, huge challenges in our life that we want to pursue, conquer, whatever it may be. Um, And I do want to point out that there are four triggers that create and enhance fear, which are uncertainty, attention, change, and struggle, which as you can see, those four things, yes, that can mean actual danger. Those four things can show up in actual danger, but they also can show up in just normal challenges in life. Like I'm trying to think of an example. Yeah. I mean, even just like a work example of raising your hand during a group setting, like 
for yeah. some reason that's like uncertain, you know, or a big change coming in your life instead of just going forward with the change and really being excited about it. I think you said one of them was change. So you probably back out and are scared of it a yeah. little bit. <laughs> like a new job interview or, you know, there's so many things. Yeah. I think I can give one just personally in our recent life is when, you know, when we moved to China, we knew that it was temporary. And when we were kind of reaching the point where we were considering my husband was getting other job offers around the country, really. And it just brought about this big sense of uncertainty of not knowing what our future looked like, where we were going to be, where where we were going to lay roots next, and also the change. So it kind of hit on a couple of those. And that's just a really uncomfortable place to be um, in your life. And so, so yeah, for me, that was yeah. probably the most recent big one where this definitely kicked in. Right. Um, and something I love uh, that actually Trevor mentioned too is that Abigail, with quotation marks, only <laughs> sees in black and white. So basically what Abigail says is I can struggle right now or I cannot struggle. And she is always going to choose to not struggle. Mm-hmm. So I think it's yep. super important to be aware of that and know that because when you're aware of it, you can choose differently. Um, totally. And, but the problem is, you know, this is a huge force that drives our decision-making, our behavior. It drives so much and it, it, you know, robs us of the opportunity to grow. Um, which is, you know, upsetting, but the thing is, if you can be aware of it, you can do different. Um, so something I also love is that, so my whole life, I've always felt that fear is something I needed to get rid of, that I needed to be fearless. And, um, and I was really proud of myself, especially like when I was younger, I literally, y'all, everything I was scared of, I was like, nope, doing it. You know, I'm going to go after it. I don't care. I chose to like face fear. But the problem was when fear would show up, because no matter what, you cannot get rid of fear. I had all this shame built up when I did when it did come up. Does that make sense? So like, yeah, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of times people do kind of preach. And maybe even, you know, in our younger years, too, it's like, get rid of fear, like be fearless, you know, like you said. And so I think that that's very a common thing. Because, you know, this kind of new approach to it is that, you know, we don't eliminate fear and we can't get rid of it. We can't get rid of Abigail. So um, I think that you feeling the shame of even though you were being courageous and moving towards things that you wanted to go after, you there was still a sense of that shame because you still felt that fear in you. And so I think that's so common. Um, and so this is, you know, I love this perspective on it. And I'm glad that this conversation's being had because, um, you know, in our early middle school, high school years, I don't think I ever heard fear being put in this way. No, a hundred percent. And fear, the thing is, it's natural. It's human. It's a part of us. It's not like, you know, compassion or compassion. What what am I talking about? Comparison (laughs) where, you know, that is something you can really work towards getting rid of in your life. It kind of reminds me actually back to that not body image episode where Lindsay described, you know, addiction and like, you know, with food, you can get rid of food, right? You Mm -hmm. have to eat to survive um, where you can get rid of eliminate alcohol, drugs, you know, that type of thing. It kind of reminds me of that. It's like 
we can't eliminate fear. It's a part of us. And something I love too, hearing it in a way is we can use it as a compass and let it show us like, oh, wow, I'm feeling fear. That means I'm about to do something challenging and it's going to help me grow in my life. Um, to And I love that because it's just a, that's a tool that I feel like is really going to help me and has yeah. helped me. And Kristen, I like too, in the TED talk where Trevor said, you know, he kind of gave the analogy of that, you know, fear is not going away. And so he calls it the lizard, aka Abigail. You know, if you think about it in a car, Abigail should always be sitting in the back seat, not the front seat, but with the understanding that she's never leaving the car. And I, I really liked that too. So in those um, moments that we, you know, choose to dance with Abigail instead of, you know, trying to push her out of the car. <laughs> right. Yeah. And uh, I, I thought of something funny because a lot of my fear in recent years is just around being a mom and with kids, it's um, just brings up all new sorts of fears. But we watch, uh, I don't know if anybody has watched Daniel the Tiger. It's actually a Mr. Rogers show. And literally, my kids watch it and they're obsessed and I'm obsessed because I feel like I learned so much. And they sing this song that says, um, like, if you're afraid, like, think of something happy. I won't sing the song because I can't get the tune right. But it's so cute that it's teaching them that like this young and it actually is a good, good tool now. Like if you feel yourself bringing on fear, if you can like start thinking about something happy, I feel like it would kind of calm down Abigail a little bit so that you could push forward. If that makes any sense. It's yeah, just like, no, it does. Megan, you actually just, um, I had taken just a few notes of kind of my favorite, uh, things that I've learned along the way that I try to implement in my life all the time. There's, like I said, there's so much out there on fear. And so, you know, depending your, who you are, what your personality is, different things will resonate. But I was, I had learned, um, that fear and excitement actually have the same feeling. And the only difference is what our brain is saying. And so we can't control how our bodies feel, but what we can control is what we think about and how we decide to act. And so just like what you're saying, it's like every time we feel afraid, if we can interrupt that thought with a happy thought or a thought that brings excitement to us, then you're right. I mean, it is kind of a science brainy thing where we are turning that kind of switch in our brain and the fear does, you know, dwindle away and is replaced with that excitement feeling. So I think that Daniel the Tiger kind of sums that up right there. That's funny. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I he that. has so many good songs. If you have toddlers, watch it. <laughs> I'm like, I don't have a toddler, but uh, I can you know, <laughs> put it on. <laughs> uh, Honestly, it teaches me like adult lessons as well. So That's so cute. <laughs> um, I'll share kind of a few years back. This was probably, gosh, I don't know. I was in China, so I don't know, maybe four years ago. I stumbled across a video of the founder of Spanx. I think her name is Sarah. And I think that the fear of failure is such a very common fear for all of us. Um, and I just really loved what she said about this. And I hope to implement this with, with Kai, our son as well. And she shared how when her and her brother were growing up and her dad would sit them down. I can't remember if it was daily or 
once a week, but at the dinner table and he would ask both of them, so tell me, what did you fail at today or this week? And if they had nothing to say, if they said that there was no failures, that their dad would actually be disappointed. And so focusing on failing big allowed her to understand that failure is not an outcome, but it involves a lack of trying and not stretching yourself far enough outside of your comfort zone and attempting to be more than you were the day before. So it kind of reframed her outlook on what failure was from a young age. And then instead thinking that failing big was actually a really great positive thing. And I just thought that was so powerful. And I think about it often, um, in my own life and, and as a mom as well. And so that was one big, if you, if you've never heard her say that, um, or if you've never seen her speak, I just, that's one thing that has always stuck in my head and I just love it. Yeah. Yeah. I think I heard her on um, one of my favorite podcasts, How I Built This, she talks about, and I think she mentioned that. It's really good. Yeah. It's almost, I'm, it's just like giving us a permission, you know, to kind of let that go, let the fear go around failure and looking at it completely different. Yeah. I love that. I'm cur- I'm actually curious, like, you know how everybody has a, a favorite, like, love language, how they feel most loved? Do y'all have, like, a biggest fear that's kind of been a... Uh, that you've seen throughout your life that's come up more than others? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I have lots of like silly little fears, like, I mean, not silly, but like fear of heights has always been a thing for me. Um, But I think the underlying fear that I've always had is just like the feeling of people maybe misunderstanding me or I don't know, coming across a certain way that could be like annoying to people or not being successful, like those kind of feelings. I think I care too much what people think is what it sounds like, Yeah. Um, which I just basically is like a daily practice of letting that go. But I think that's definitely like an underlying theme in my life from when I was younger of just trying to, I don't know, I think being the third of four kids, I was just trying not to cause any extra drama or issues. And so that's just continued throughout my life where I get really down if somebody like thinks anything negatively of me, which is like impossible to do with like all people. So it's not good. Yeah. It's interesting. I I was listening to a podcast and it was talking about like different personality types. And I think one of them was the people pleaser. And I, I feel like that goes in line. A lot of times that's what they fear is that exactly what you said. Exactly. So um, that's interesting. (laughs) Well, and then it's like, I feel like I have let go of the people pleasing a little bit. And it's this weird thing where now I have a fear that I'm coming across as selfish because I'm taking care of myself more and trying not to please other people. And now I have this weird fear that like, oh, people just think I'm selfish. <laughs> so I'm like, what is wrong with me? Come on, Abigail. Yeah, get it shut together. Up, Abigail. <laughs> right? That's funny. <laughs> no offense if your name is Abigail. At the- oh, yeah. We love all Abbies. Yeah. <laughs> at the end of the day, we, we have to face Abigail and dance with her and love her. So, <laughs> yeah, she's our exactly. compass. She's very important. So, yes. Yes. Um, Kristen, the other thing that um, that goes along really with what you were saying with the whole Abigail and the amygdala thing is um, Bob, Bob Proctor is somebody that I just um, – 
I really like a lot of things that he has to say. And one thing that he says around fear is that fear is caused by the ignorance of the unknown. And that really resonates with me. And it goes along where he, you know, talks about we don't eliminate fear, but we become courageous and we face the fear. So kind of like dancing with, with Abigail, you know? And so in order to be courageous, we have to understand the unknown, study it, learn about it. So like you were saying, like, um, all these growth opportunities and the more that we learn about it and get more comfortable with it, then that's, you know, what courage is. We're facing, we're facing that fear, but just the understanding of, um, you know, it'll always be there, but we don't have to let it, we don't have to let the fear control our life. And so, um, but I just love his quote, a fear is caused by the ignorance of the unknown. So, you know, what do we choose to do with that? Um, yeah, it reminds me of like love that. something, you know, when I think back on my life about all the things like I, I was scared to do, but I would just throw myself and do it anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I wish, you know, I've talked about this a little before is something I didn't realize I was doing was the whole comparison thing that could take me out, even though I was facing fear. Also, you know, I, I, lacked in prepare being prepared. I think when facing fear, you also, you know, it's like they say it's a skill you have to obtain. So you, it's like going to the gym, you got to work at it. So like when you're facing fear, you should also be prepared though. So like, for example, you know, in ninth grade, I was asked to sing the national anthem at a, a game and I was so scared. I was like, oh my God, you know, it's acapella. I could mess up at any time. Um, and I, but I did it anyway, but y'all, I failed miserably. I not only forgot the words, my voice was so shaky that I couldn't even hit the notes. Um, and so the thing was, but I didn't prepare. I did what I should have, could have done is I don't like the word should. So what I could have done is, you know, practiced, you know, for weeks and gone and had my friends sit and listen to me do it. So I would be more prepared. So I think that's something else to note with that, um, or that I've learned. And I will say though, I have still never publicly sang the national anthem. So I might have to like (laughs) face that fear or something. You need to face that fear, girl. Yeah. Oh God. I'll be so scared. (laughs) We'll we'll all sit around. You can do it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, You can practice on us. Yeah. (laughs) No, I know. And when I'm thinking of like facing the fear when it comes to heights, I don't know if this is helpful at all. But when I did decide to go bungee jumping when I was younger with two of my best friends, the only way I could face it and I was like, is this healthy or unhealthy was I just made a decision and I just went for it. And I didn't let my Abigail talk to me. I didn't know that's what it was back then. But I remember just like shutting all emotion down, which isn't good either, I think. But I was like, okay, just going to face my fear and do this. Um, and I did, I've done that like multiple times in my life when I'm like really scared of like jump, like when we decided to have kids and stuff like that, I really just was like, okay, I can't think about it anymore. I just have to go for it. Yeah. I think you have to do that. I think for a lot of times that's just what you have to do. Yeah. It makes me yeah. laugh, Megan, just cause I know you so well and you, you do do that, which I, I love it. Cause it's just like, okay, let's just go. Let's do it. Let's do it. You know, I'm just like, okay. Yeah. Just not going to think about it. Like Moving you, forward. you, um, faint with needles. I don't know why that's coming to my mind, but it's yeah. like, you know, you know, there's no getting out of it. So you're just like, okay, just go, 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 go. Yeah. I'm literally like, 
I tell the people, uh, by the way, I'm going to faint, so just prepare yourself. Yes. You know what's interesting about that? It's more the thought of the needle than the actual process. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. It's so weird. And I actually have gotten better since having kids. Like, I went and got blood taken a few times recently to check my hormones, and I didn't faint either time. I definitely got lightheaded, but I was proud of myself that I didn't faint, (laughs) finally. Yeah. Lauren, I feel like you have another really cool tool that I thought you should share um, that you do, which is also kind of funny. Yeah. My my laughing? Yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So guys, if you know me, I think I've even shared it before, but I have a nerve. I call it my nervous laugh, but you know what? It has, my laugh has gotten me through so many (laughs) tough times and there's just so many things in life where it's like, you know, what, what else can you do besides laugh? And that's just kind of my outlet and really my go-to kind of two things at any time that I acknowledge that, you know, I'm having that fear feeling come up. My kind of go-to things is one prayer and then also laughing. And it really does, I guess I'll, I'll share a quick story because this just happened a couple of weeks ago. So my son Kai is eight and I took him kind of last minute to this uh, rope climbing course that we had never been to. And because it was last minute, I didn't really, I didn't look up the website to see what was required and you had to wear a cert- I wasn't an athletic wear. Anyway, the point is I was not able to climb with him. And so he, um, so he was, got all his gear on. They trained him kind of how to do it. And it was one of those where he had to clip and unclip himself. He was never like not tied to the rope, but if he fell, it wasn't like rock climbing. It was more, if he fell, he would be hanging midair. He wouldn't like slowly draw to the ground. So it's, it was his first time to do anything like this as well. So he was so brave and like went straight up to the top. I also kind of have a fear of heights as well. And so I'm sitting there watching him. Not a lot of people are in there. There's only one employee on the floor and he gets to this spot at the top and he kind of looks down at me and he's like, I can tell he's super nervous. And there's only three ways for him to get down from where he is. And all three ways were super challenging. And he looks down at me and he's like, mom, you know, kind of panicking. And he's like, I want to come down, you know, what do I do? And so the guy came over and he was like, tell him to do, there was one, he said the easiest one challenge is it was this big wooden wall, like a peg wall basically. And so, which is, takes a lot of strength. Right. And he, so he did it. He was like, okay. And he took a deep breath. Anyway, what you would think I would be doing as like an encouraging supporting mom. But instead I was looking up at him and just uncontrollably laughing (laughs) and through my laugh, you know, I was being like, you got this, you could do it. Like, I'm so proud of you. And the feelings I felt inside, like I was so proud of him. It was like, I admired how brave he is. And yeah. And luckily he knows me. Um, but I was having this like mom guilt afterward. And I even had a conversation with him. I was like, Hey bud, you know, you know, mommy has that nervous giggle. And so I explained what I was really feeling. And and he was like, yeah, I know. Like he knows me. So luckily it was, (laughs) it was all good. But what I thought was really cool is, um, I just happened to look, I was looking at these old devotionals and I'm like, wait, this sometimes God's so crazy, but, um, 
there was a verse that literally this was like two days after this happened and it had kind of popped in my mind where I was like, Oh, I feel so guilty for like uncontrollably laughing at my son when he was like up there in fear, you know, and it, <laughs> it was Proverbs thirty one twenty five, And it said, she is clothed with strength and dignity and she laughs without fear of the future. And I just smiled and was like, Oh, thank you God for almost, you know, giving me permission to let that guilt go. But I do. So with that, that was kind of a long drawn out story. But I think the point is, is that um, I think laughter is super healing and it can get us through those fearful moments. It's like, what is that saying? Isn't laughter the best medicine? Yeah. 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 So sometimes it, you know, comes, or I guess sometimes I have a maybe not a fear, but, um, I never want it to come across as like being unempathetic towards somebody. But in my life, sometimes I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to laugh this off because I don't know what else to do. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, it generates a different feeling, right? Just like I love Tony Robbins. He teaches like you have to generate energy, just like you have to generate happiness in it by his, what he does every morning, he gets up and he sits up and down like 10 times breathing really heavy and it like (laughs) literally it works though it like gives you energy and you're like ready for the day no matter how tired you're feeling I'm telling you you should try it it really works wait Kristen you just this is off topic but so I went to this class last week and it was like a tai chi yoga place and I don't know if y'all have heard of class pass, but, um, they had like a free month and right now. And so a friend of mine here wanted me to sign up with her. So anyway, I signed up for this class. They were, I thought it was a core strengthening class, but the owner had reached out and said, Hey, once a month, instead of our normal core strengthening class, we do a wooden pillow class. Have y'all heard of a wooden pillow? No, <laughs> no. Like anyway, an actual pillow. Well, yeah. I mean, it kind of looked like a block of wood kind of shaped like a pillow. Anyway, I think (laughs) you'll have to Google it. Yeah. I had never heard of it, but at the beginning of this class and me having lived in China, I actually, I really do believe a lot of the like traditional Chinese medicine and just a lot of the Asian, um, I don't know when it comes to our bodies, but anyway, the beginning of this class for like the first (laughs) 10 minutes, um, there's, a a spot like two inches below our belly button. And I'm not going to remember the name because, uh, as I said on our embarrassing story episode, I do not know human anatomy that well. Um, but two inches below our belly button, there's something inside that from what I remember, they said it controls basically everything in our body, our gut, starting with our gut. So we literally went around and you counted to 10 and you are like pounding on the spot two inches below your belly button. So I wish y'all could see me, but you're what? so we were like, Oh my God. Yeah. We're all in sync and we're standing in a circle and we're just beating on this spot. I feel and like I would pee myself. Yeah. It kind of, it was an odd feeling, but it really did kind of energize the entire body. It got everything kind of flowing and moving and I'm, I'm kind of a believer in it. So anyway, um, nice. you ever get a chance to go to a wooden pillow class, go, <laughs> How did that remind you of that? I guess when you said Tony Robbins, like standing up, like, I don't know. I'm like, it's so random. Um, yeah. Well, funny. whatever you got to do to get the energy flowing. Yeah. Um, energy. 
but I also wanted to bring up this has to bring us back to fear. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I want to bring up one of my favorite quotes actually by Brene Brown, um, which says we cannot select sit. Oh my Lord. We cannot selectively numb emotion. When we numb the dark emotions, we numb vulnerability and fear and shame of not being good enough. But we also by default numb our joy and our happiness. And I want to share that because this is something that has in my life has been a pattern or go to where I have tried to numb fear and a way of getting rid of it, which in return means you numb all your emotions, which is not healthy. It's not the route that I want to take in my life. And I want to share that because if I've done it, I feel like that's something that could be common. And I just wanted to bring awareness to it. So yeah, for yeah. sure. I think that's such a good point. Yeah. Um, but Megan, did you have a challenge for us this week? Yeah. Um, we're wrapping up fear. Wrapping up with fear. a bow. With a bow. With a bow. <laughs> Abigail, we love you. We're gonna dance with you. Gonna dance with Abigail. We're gonna what? we're gonna keep you in the back seat, um, baby. <laughs> yeah, no yeah. back seat driving. Yeah, and Abigail. one other thing. Yeah, one other thing before we close out fear that I was gonna I think I might have said this on a podcast before, but something I do, especially with like mom fears that come up with just like random horrible thoughts. Um, and if you're not spiritual, I totally get it, but this just really helps me. I immediately, I don't know if this is too much, but I immediately say like, I rebuke Satan in the name of Jesus and I give all my fears to God. And I just ask you to fill my, um, brain with happy thoughts. And I don't know if you deal with fear out there about whatever it is, but it really does help to kind of release it and kind of talk it through in your own mind. Um, so yeah, yeah, I just thought I would share that. Megan, that brings that up do. a good point. Cause I think, um, just the mom, when you become a mom, I think that that, I don't know if people like verbalize it, but I think, oh, yeah. I think that if we asked every mom out there, I think we've all gone to those dark places where you just have a fear of, you know, either losing a child or I know for myself, uh, a lot of times I'll randomly think of, you know, if I were to die tomorrow, have I done a good enough job to lay a great foundation for Kai? And have I shared, you know, all the life lessons that I would want him to know? Have I loved him hard enough, you know, for him to go out and be a good human being? You know, all these yeah, really kind of deep, dark thoughts that so maybe sometimes we don't share with one another, but I think we all yeah. have some sort of fear around mommyhood. And so, yeah, I love I love that that is your outlet. Um, and I think that another thing too, if maybe, you know, if you're not a believer or spiritual or whatever, just kind of another thing that I've actually done about facing those fears is sometimes cause it doesn't feel good. Right. It's like, get me out of this space. And so a lot of times it's like, okay, Lauren, well, if you did die tomorrow, like what, what would you want to tell Kai? And so this definitely is not a consistent um, thing that I do, but if the feeling is like affecting me that deeply, um, Kai doesn't know it, but he has an email address and I'll actually go to my computer right then. And I'll sit there and just type him an email with whatever is on my heart, you know, and I have found that that has helped me because 
that actually that thought that I just shared is it's happened repeatedly through the years. And so that's kind of, I just figured out an outlet to where that's what I can do to then just release that and be like, okay, well that, you know, it's done. It's in his email. So if I did die, I'll be okay. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, well, and that's a good idea. Even if you don't have kids, just writing out like what your thoughts are and maybe talking them through with Abigail, (laughs) Yes, you know, and just like letting it go and uh, changing your mindset a little bit and focusing on something positive. But I think writing it out in an email, I mean, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Or for maybe, sure. I don't know what our challenge is, but um, if it's around fear, we'll but get whenever, ready. <laughs> okay. But whenever you, it's are t- not. Okay. Well, I was just going to say um, another thing that we could challenge ourselves just in general around fear is, you know, if you have a fear of, you know, eating at a restaurant alone, like go do that. Or Megan, your, your old fear of blood. It's like, turn it into like, oh my gosh, I could save a life and go donate blood. So go donate some blood and get that needle, you know? So, um, yeah, I think just facing it. Yeah. I mean, we could change up the challenge if you want. No, no, no. I think, um, yeah. I was just thinking with Valentine's day being last week, um, a lot of times we're focused on everybody else around us during Valentine's Day. But since this podcast is all about self-love, I'm going to challenge each of you and myself. I actually did this this morning um, to write a love letter to yourself. So Ooh, cheesy. I love it. Um, oh, but it has to be at least three sentences. And if it feels too awkward to write it from yourself, maybe you could like – write it to God about yourself. I don't know. Something like just, yeah, Yeah, self-love. I love that. (laughs) I think it's important to recognize and acknowledge the things that we do love about ourselves. So yes, exactly. Yay. I like it. Okay, good. Awesome. Well, thanks guys for chatting about fear. This is good. I feel like we need to keep chatting about it. It's a daily thing. There's so much, yeah, that goes, plays into fear. Um, but I think we covered a lot of good topics. So, yes. All right, guys. Well, we will see you next week. And once again, yes. if you like what you hear, please go and give us that five-star rating and write us a little review. It just takes a few seconds. We would so appreciate it. We love you guys and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.